welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. Isham invites you to log on, listen, and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome, Isham Nation, to the Process This Podcast. This is episode number 29. The holidays are almost here, and it always seems that after Thanksgiving, time just seems to fly by. And now we have the Christmas and New Year holiday season creeping up so fast. Well, I hope that you have plans to make some much-needed time off and spend it with your loved ones. Just remember to be safe out there. On today's show, we have the segment, What's On My Mind?, followed by Mailbox Mania, and then we have the year-end review. We will talk about the progression of the podcast over the past year and some highlights from Isham. It's a great show, so let's get started with What's On My Mind. Today, for what's on my mind, I'm going to look back at the Insights, issue number 28, released not too long ago on November 25th, 2020. Now, if you're not familiar with Insights, it's an email issued regularly uh, by Isham. Now, I thought that as we approach the holiday season, this article was really appropriate. The article is titled, Finding Work-Life Balance why we must use that vacation time. Now this article was written by David Taylor III, who is an MSN, RN, and CNOR. Huh, well, CNOR, well, I I guess we won't hold that against him on this show. In case you don't have access to the insights, I'll go ahead and read this article for you today. It's time for some vacation. When was the last time you actually took a vacation where you were totally disconnected from work, and didn't require you to answer your phone or respond to an email. It was likely some time ago, at least according to statistics. It's bad enough that we may show up to work early, maybe squeeze in uh, some stuff before that workday starts, or even stay late. You know, we squeeze in our meals in between those hurried work tasks and scramble to respond requests and demands throughout the already backlog day. Now, if you're in a leadership role, you may find yourself quickly eating lunch at your desk while you respond to those countless emails. But depending on your position, many of us find ourselves checking and responding to emails and answering calls long after we've technically left work. Our work culture never seems to hit the pause button, and we often feel obligated because everyone else is doing it. The sad reality, though, is that we are just not taking the time to relax from that rigorous work and it's really costing us, our health, and our economy dearly. In the U.S. alone, guaranteed paid time off, or PTO, is not protected by law, but it is a key component of most workers' benefit packages that the organization uses to attract qualified staff. 
Nearly 75% of employees in the U.S. workforce earn PTO, yet a majority are not taking advantage of this benefit. A comprehensive study by Oxford Economics found that 40% of Americans ended 2013 with unused PTO. Now that's crazy. Younger workers are finding it even more difficult to leave their work behind at the end of their shift. Of the millennials polled, 34% responded working every day, even when off the clock. And even though they worked while they are technically on PTO, they felt less productive upon returning to work. The reason? Feeling guilty for taking time off. It appears it's only getting worse. A record-breaking 768 million PTO days were left unused by U.S. employees in 2018, and that's up from 9% from the previous year. Now, of that number, 236 million were forfeited altogether. In all, workers lost $65.5 billion in benefits, and U.S. companies were hampered with a $224 billion in unused vacation time. Putting it all together, the U.S. company's liability due to unused PTO is equivalent to almost half of the U.S. federal deficit. That's 24 times the annual revenue of the NFL. And larger than that, the gross state product of half the states in the U.S. Per employee, the average liability can range from right around $2,000 to $12,000. The fact that Americans cannot seem to unplug from work when they say they should be recharging is detrimental to one's health, and it adds up the risk to the employers too. Those who have not taken time off for over a year can increase their risk for heart disease or a fatal heart condition. The number of hours spent working without a true break that PTO we need also increases the risk for depression. In addition, sleep quality and memory can become impaired, increasing the risk for diabetes and a host of other health conditions. A Finnish study reports the ideal vacation should last eight days, this amount of time allows the individual time for rest, relaxation, and enjoyment without creating too much time because of boredom. In reality, we should be able to be away from the workplace for this amount of time without any worry or too much work accumulating, being through emails, phone messages, projects, you know, once you get back to work. Plus, when we plan our vacations in advance, we can accomplish the tasks we know will be due while you're away before we even take that PTO. A proactive approach can dramatically decrease the amount of catching up we have to do when we return. So aside from the duration of our vacation, how can we choose to relax and renew can offer more benefits. The best type of vacations are the ones that we incorporate relaxation with learning something new. For example, taking a yoga class, going on a guided hike, or learning to surf 
can increase relaxation, which is probably uh, positively affecting our mental and physical health and attitude. Now, some companies are taking a stand and changing the way they think when it comes to work-life balance. Take Japan, a country that prides itself on working hard. Microsoft tried a four-day work week and productivity jumped nearly 40%. In addition to working fewer hours, the management team advocated for less meetings and responses to emails. When meetings did occur, they urged that their staff to limit them to 30 minutes. Now the results are leading to other businesses to look for solutions and offer greater flexibility to their workers. Vacations have such a positive impact on productivity and absenteeism rates that some companies actually pay their employees to take off. These forward-thinking organizations understand that unplugging from the duties and the stress of work while on PTO is key to boosting morale, increasing productivity, and elevating employee retention and recruitment. So in conclusion, the stressors of work are only amplified when we do not take the time off to find that work-life balance. The healthcare benefits alone make a great case for scheduling time off. Our vacation need not to be elaborate to reap the huge benefits. Even turning off the phone and the computer while staying home can prove inspiring and remind us that we are more than just workers. So take that time off that you deserve and enjoy it. And with that, that's going to wrap up this segment of what's on my mind. This week in Mailbox Mania, we're looking at the November 2020, Volume 44, Number 11 issue of Healthcare Purchasing News. The article we're looking at today is titled, In a Pandemic World, Endoscope Care Should Be At or Near the Center Stage. Now the article reads, Never forget, even during a global pandemic, the sterile processing and distribution functions practiced by dedicated departments under various names represents one of the most important procedures in a healthcare organization. If you deny to question or smirk at the factual and realistic observation, then, then try this. Send all SPD professionals home for two days on a brief paid sabbatical as an educational lesson for you. See what happens if you're in the C-suite, you can expect a fury of calls from outraged doctors and nurses. If that doesn't electrify your malaise, wait until you see the corporate attorneys line up at your door. SPD matters. That's why healthcare purchasing news has been covering this essential instrumental function and dedicated department of people consistently without interruption since 1970s. HPN has featured the CSSPD department of the year for the last 27 years, 
For five years prior to that, HPN recognizes the CS Manager of the Year. And next month, they will start saluting SPD operations worth watching. HPN has dedicated uh, space annually in November, which is this edition, on the top of endoscope care for the last 16 of HPN's 43 years in print. Now, because HPN values SPD, historically, annual endoscope coverage explores a wide range of topics spanning from fundamental and foundational to the advanced and esoteric. HPN reaches out to a wide range of subject matter experts to provide and share what you've come to expect to read. Keen and useful insights and opinions about how to do what you do even better. This year is no exception. On this page and on the pages that follow, you'll be able to educate yourself and enjoy several stories on selected topics. So this article goes on and it lists out several different relevant continuing uh, articles such as Outlook Endoscopy. What's next for endoscope reprocessing and device design? Looking ahead at endoscope reprocessing quality performance. There's also a link to techniques and tips for aeration, drying, and storage. Another one, why ergonomics should not be overlooked. Another link for advanced SPD to include higher paid specialist teams. The true colors of hydrogen peroxide sterilization, chemical indicator strips. Periscope, color-coded standards needed for hydrogen peroxide sterilization indicator strips. And then the last article uh, that this article links to, Endoscope Care in 2020 and Beyond. Man, there are lots of great uh, articles. This article is jam-packed full of endoscope information. So if endoscopes are in your wheelhouse, you're really going to want to check this out. So while we're here, let's look at another article. And I think another one you might be interested is in the column Isham Viewpoint. The article is titled, Want to Improve Quality Partnerships? Walking in Each Other's Shoes. Now, coincidentally, this article is written by our friend David Taylor III. Remember, just because he is an RN and a CNOR, we don't discriminate. And of course, you know, I'm really making light of this. I'm joking around about David being an RN because I love nurses. Uh, so much so that I even married a nurse and a CNOR myself. So uh, thank you for the great work you do, David. So this article reads, Keeping Sterile Processing Departments Performing Optimally and Ensuring Interdisciplinary Relationships Remain Strong and Productive is Often Challenging, Even for the Most Knowledgeable and Experienced Sterile Processing Leader. One way SPD leaders can improve outcomes, foster better interdisciplinary partnership, and broaden SPD technicians' experience is to have Sterile processing professionals spend quality time in various departments they serve. Now, this approach is, of course, in addition to training, cross-training, and competency validations SPD leaders already routinely provide in their roles. Such an approach gives sterile processing employees a clearer view of the big picture when it comes to successful interventional, procedural, and surgical departments. 
and how their products and services directly impact their interdisciplinary customers and patients. So another good article from David. Uh, I suggest you go on and read uh, a little bit more about how you can walk in uh, your uh, partner's or your customer's shoes. All right, so the last article we're going to look at or touch on today is managing the reprocessing challenges of robotic instruments. So the learning objective for this article, uh, they're going to discuss the evolution of robotic-assisted surgery, identify reprocessing challenges unique to robotic instruments, and then last objective, uh, list practice and quality control methods to help address reprocessing challenges. So the intro to this article reads, At the conclusion of the 1980s movie Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, the hero Luke Skywalker gets a new hand courtesy of the robotic surgeons. Moviegoers are awed at the thought that someday, in the distant future, a robot will be able to surgically attach a robot arm to a human being. Amazingly, just five years after this movie was released, the first surgical robots were assisting surgeons in performing biopsies. As we know, this was only the beginning of what robots are helping surgeons do today. Although robotic surgery tools seem like space-age technologies, they are prone to very down-to-the-earth processing challenges in our sterile processing department. So a really interesting article. Uh, this article also goes on to explain each of those objectives that we discussed. You know, a good article for anyone who reprocesses and knows the challenges that go with uh, processing robot instrumentation. So for more information uh, on this article and other articles, check out the Healthcare Purchasing News uh, website and publication. And with that, that's going to do it for this segment of Mailbox Mania. Welcome, Mission Nation. Today, instead of a guest speaker, instead of our uh, normal interview that we have, we're taking some time to look back at this past year, 2020. Now, I know that this year will be hard to forget, right? It's been a year of change. It's been a year of first. A year that most of us would like to erase from our memories. But here on the show, we have had a great year of podcast. So if you have recently joined the podcast, or if this is your first, welcome. Or if you are a day one, episode one podcaster, thank you for supporting Isham Education. We started 2020 off with episode number six, and the hot topic of point of use treatment. Now, in episode six, we saw Tony Thurman and Rose CV walk us through some of their experiences when it comes to point of use treatment. You know, great episode, you know, really a hot topic and relevant to every one of us. And then we move to episode seven, 
13 and 18. And here we hear from Walt Deacon, Jonathan Wilder, and Brian and Flanagan. And what do they have in common? Well, they're all experts in water and water quality. Now, water, in my opinion, is the issue or the problem that we don't want to talk about. So either we don't know enough about it to really ask the questions, or it's one of those things that's out of sight and out of mind, right? If you haven't tuned into one of these episodes, you know, I really suggest you check them out. Don't be caught off guard when it comes to water issues. Water is extremely important in that sterile processing department. In episode 10, we have Scott Lucas and Gail Horvath from the ECRI Institute. Great people. Excellent episode. You know, if you haven't checked them out, they're always a pleasure to listen to. They uh, are frequent at the ISHA Manual Conference. So check them out and see what they have to say uh, from the ECRI Institute. Then we have episode 10. Now, this episode was published on March 1st, and it's titled, In the Face of Disaster with Joe Wood, who uh, coincidentally has no relation uh, to me, if you are wondering. But how timely was this podcast? We had Joe Wood talking about the disaster she experienced with the 2013 Boston Marathon bombings. And here we are, or here we were, on the eve of our own disaster as the worldwide pandemic was ramping up and was hitting the shores on the U.S. Now, some of you out there experienced this pandemic firsthand, and that was through mass shortages. Having the first emergency use authorization issued by the FDA. You know, at least the the first uh, emergency use authorization or EUA that I can really remember on such a grand scale. And of course, that had to uh, deal with or was contributed to the use of the N95 mask. Then following episode 10, we had episode 11. You know, and I couldn't have timed this any better because episode 11 was titled Managing Change in Sterile Processing. And this, of course, is with our own Isham Director, of education, Natalie Lynn. So who knew that change, especially in sterile processing, was going to be our new norm, right? So what a timely episode, managing change in sterile processing. You know, it it feels like change is now just, you know, like I said, that norm is now a new part of my life. Well, moving on and speaking of change, it was because of COVID that around this time, Isham had to make the difficult decision to cancel the annual conference and expo. And it was around this time that we spoke to Brian Reynolds, the incoming Isham president. Now, when Brian took office, he took office without the traditional passing of the gavel, you know, which is that ceremony at the end of every conference, right? It's Change, change, and more change. But Brian, taking it all in stride, took over and started leading the organization and developing Isham's first virtual conference. Brian, the board of directors, and the dedicated Isham staff 
held a wildly successful virtual conference bringing education to you in a way that you've come to expect from Isham. It was a great conference, and if you got to be a part of that, uh, you know, that, that's great. There was lots of education material, lots of vendors, lots of speakers, lots of things to do and see. We've also had a number of excellent guest speakers on this show, uh, and I'm thinking about Gene Sargent talking about unique device identifiers, UDIs. You know, the UDI is not going anywhere, so we've had enough time. So if you're not prepared, maybe you should go listen to this episode and and see what it's all about. We also talked to Patricia Taylor talking about mentorship and sterile processing, along with Isham's own Josephine Kalachi, or Joe, as you may know her, talking about advocacy and policy changes. The show has also seen lots of vendor partners. We had one source in episode 24 talking about IFUs and the importance of IFUs. In episode 27, we had the fine folks from Northfield Medical who sat down and talked with us about uh, instrument repair. Episode number 28, Megan and Pure Processing shared with us as well. And let's not forget Sir Tall with the double episode, episode number 25 and 26. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop the show down and tell you if you missed out on Peggy Spitzer from Sertol talking about chemicals in decontamination, then you really missed out. But wait, good news though, you can always go back and listen to her and you can go back and listen to all the process this podcast when you have the time, for example, over the holiday break. You know, like they said in that article previously, learn something new. Uh, listen to a podcast and maybe you'll uh, learn something new. Well, uh, personally, I hope that you have enjoyed the podcast so far. I hope that you have really taken advantage of the free CEs that Isham has provided to you. And I'm excited about this new year. We have some great interviews lined up with some really great topics. So despite all the challenges that 2020 has brought us, we are still sterile processing professionals, and you get it done every day. So thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed them, and it's been another source of education for you. Again, thank you for listening to the show today. From all of us at Isham, we hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and much needed time off, rest, and relaxation. Isham Nation episode 29 is in the books. Thanks again for listening. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, fill out the required information, and select the code CNOR. Again, the code for this episode is CNOR. Remember, keep an ear out for the next episode, always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. I hope everyone has a happy holiday and a great new year, 
And as always, stay classy, Ishim Nation, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>